This is Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. I found myself very moved by a tweet posted by Sunday Times journalist Dimasa Matiwana on the 14th of July. And um, she wrote as follows, and I quote, For my darling late grandfather, Benjamin Ntuzilanga Matiwana, I went like I promised you I would. Thank you for being my greatest teacher and the love of my life. Continue to rest in peace, Mbanja. Hashtag Auschwitz at Gas Chamber, Auschwitz. I was curious to know the history and story behind this tweet, so I'm delighted to have Zimasa as my guest now to tell me more. Zimasa, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Zimasa, um, what is the relationship between that tweet and your visiting Auschwitz? Oh my God, it's, it's such a long story, but I'll try and, and, and make it as concise as possible. Uh, so I was raised by my grandfather. He was a reader, a lover of literature, a lover of history. And I mean, in the upbringing uh, that I had, he was always deliberate in teaching me about injustice. So anything that is, you know, related to to injustice, he would, you know, read books to me, explain things to me from apartheid to, you know, the Vietnam War to what Hitler basically did in Europe to anti-Semitism. So that love for history started there. And, you know, when, when he was sick, I, I took care of him. He had cancer of the throat and he couldn't speak at that time. And we used to write, you know, to each other while we're sitting in the same room. And he said, you remember when I taught you the history of Europe and, you know, the anti-Semitism and, you know, the extermination of the Jews? I never got the chance, you know, as as a black man under apartheid, um, you know, to be able to travel. Will you promise me that you will go? When you get an opportunity, please go, go for the both of us. So that is why I went. So you, you, you found yourself in Auschwitz. The, the, I'm going to talk a little bit about that there, but that wasn't the actual reason you were in Poland. No, it wasn't. So I, I went for a concert, but I mean, it's a world tour of a band that I love so much. So I could have, I could have gone to any country, any city, but I chose Poland specifically because I wanted to visit a lot of places that I've read about. That includes Auschwitz. That includes, you know, the Warsaw Uprising Museum. It, it includes a lot of history that I read about. So I chose Poland specifically for that reason. The concert was just one day. I stayed for two weeks. I visited every museum. I learned so much. I learned so much. So, um, Zimasa, also just following your tweets, um, you, you mentioned that you went to Auschwitz, that it was very, very emotional, obviously, and that you also said that you'd learned and read so much about it, but you weren't prepared for what you actually saw. I really wasn't. And I realized that um, after I had left uh, the, the, you know, the area that you read books and you think you understand something. And I think I also understood why my grandfather insisted that I must go together when you actually there and you see for yourself the exhibitions, uh, basically. You know, you, you see, you see the, uh, goods that were looted basically from the prisoners and, and mostly the Jews. You see the shoes. We've seen the shoes on documentaries. You see the bags. You see 
a whole lot of things on exhibitions online. However, there are things that you cannot take pictures of. And there's a room full of hair because remember they were cutting their hair and they actually created a whole industry out of that hair. So some of it was preserved. It's still there. You are not allowed to take pictures. It's still in good condition. And when you get into that room, it feels different. It feels like there's still life of the people, you know, that the hair belonged to. It also makes it so real when you see the hair and you imagine where it came from. That was an emotional experience. And, you know, the tattoos, I thought, you know, initially I thought when you get there, they tattoo you. But they, our guide explained that, no, actually they never used to tattoo, but they started because they wanted to keep track of everyone when they started, you know, bringing a lot of people. And it was difficult to identify people because within two months of getting there, you you get there healthy and in two months you look like a skeleton. So they couldn't recognize them after two months. So they had to tattoo them so that they can be able to recognize them with the tattoos. And I mean, there are pictures of arrival and death and a lot of people who died were dying within two months of arriving there. And they really did look like skeletons in, in two months. And it, it breaks your heart. It breaks your heart. But also the, the third very emotional part for me was actually at Beckenau when we got to the platform where the selection took place. When you're standing there, you, you are imagining you know, coming from Warsaw, for example, being, you know, in, in that train where there was no oxygen, no food, no nothing. And you get there and you don't even know what's happening because remember, they were doing the killing so quick. You get there within two hours, you are already, you know, in the guest chamber. So when you're standing on that platform and you imagine this Nazi doctor is pointing you to either right or left and you don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, it really broke my soul. I think from what I understand, people don't always comprehend the magnitude of it. And it sounds like a a historical event until you've either actually spoken to somebody or been there. Um, I know that I have not been there and won't because I think I would find it too emotional. Um, but obviously it takes a time, it takes a bit of adjustment for the brain to actually figure out the magnitude of it. And I, I don't know if you feel that as well. I do actually, because, you know, when I got there, I knew that it wasn't going to be easy, but I was calm. And, and I mean, I'm a journalist. I've, I've seen so many things. I'm a strong person emotionally. So when I got there and we started the tour and the other, like you would, you'd be going into an exhibition and another group would be coming out and you see people crying when they're coming out. I decided that, you know what, I'm not going to have eye contact with anyone because if I look at someone who's crying, I'm also going to cry. So I was looking down most of the time and I was trying to not cry because I really wanted to focus and take in and take in the experience. Unfortunately, uh, crying happened in the room with her, but it wasn't as intense while I was there. It got very intense and painful when I, I started reflecting um, when, when I got back to my hotel. And there's a book that I bought there of pictures of before uh and and after 
I was, I was, I was just paging through the book and I was looking, you know, at the captions and I'm like, Oh, this is where I was standing. Oh, this is what was happening where I was standing. And then I, I just started crying and I don't think I slept that night. I couldn't sleep. I was just so sad. I was just so sad. I don't think I've ever felt such sadness. It, it was very difficult to sleep. Even now, I, I haven't written about my experience. I haven't spoken. I'm, I'm speaking about it for the first time. And I've, I've been telling my friends that, you know what? I can't explain it. I, in fact, I don't want to talk about it because it brings back the memories of, of when I was there. And I start crying again. Zimasa, you were in Krakow and Warsaw. You also visited the Warsaw Ghetto. And I think if I'm correct, you visited the ghetto before you went to the actual um, site. What, what also, I mean, that also must have added an extra layer of depth because you knew what was happening before. So, I mean, I, I visited Ghetto, the museum of the Warsaw Ghetto and the Warsaw Uprising. Obviously, I was learning and uh, I, I was also, I was also shocked by the treatment of the people who were in the ghettos, basically the Jews. It's very difficult to comprehend when when you live in, in the 21st century, when you live in, you know, in a democratic country, when you are not oppressed, when you are free. It's difficult to understand how people can do such horrible things to other people. Even that was a difficult experience in terms of, of understanding it. The, the pictures of children, you know, the pictures of the stories of, of the diseases that were in the, in the ghetto, the, the starvation. It was a lot. It was a lot. You know what I always wonder, Zimasi, you were there in summer. How yeah. much worse it would have been in December in Europe. In, in, it must, I, I, I don't think I can comprehend, but I mean, you, you saw it in summer and were, were horrified. Can you just imagine what it must have been like in winter? So, so a friend of mine, uh, I'm sure you know him, Balinduli. She used to be in the DA. I, I was talking to her and she's been there and she went in winter and she was saying the thing that made her cry the most was seeing pictures of children at Auschwitz in shorts and, you know, light tops in snow, basically freezing to death. And I think, I don't know, maybe, maybe had I gone, gone in winter, I would have, I would have broken down somehow. I think it's um, appropriate in a way that you do make sense of what happened before you write about it. On the other hand, I think probably as a journalist, writing about it will help you make sense of it and help others, um, you know, experience it through your eyes. I should probably do the editor of the Sunday Times wants me to do. I'm scared of writing. I mean, I have to make it my personal experience. But what if I don't convey what I saw, you know, in a way that is satisfactory to to people who are still affected? Because, I mean, there, there are a lot of people that that are survivors. Some of them are still alive. What if they see it and they say, oh, no, this is not good enough. This is, you know, that's that's what I'm scared of. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right, because it's very easy to kind of sound glib about your experience when somebody else has actually gone through it. So um, I I do actually understand your 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 the nervousness to explore. Yeah, I I just wonder, Zimasa, um, you tweeted throughout your trip. What was the response to your tweets? So, so the response to 
to my tweets was very overwhelming, especially when I was visiting the museums and when I went to, to Auschwitz. So a lot, a lot of people that I interact with on Twitter know, know my, my, my interest in, in history and, you know, social justice. A lot of black South Africans, when I said I'm going to Auschwitz, they said enjoy. And a lot of Jewish South Africans that I interact with were saying, good luck, be strong. So I don't think a lot of my friends uh, who, who are black know exactly what happened there because I mean, you can't say enjoy when someone is going to Auschwitz. But, but I mean, when I, when I was there, the response was, was overwhelming. I mean, people were asking questions. People were interested. Some were saying you're brave for going. Uh, some were saying I'll never be able to go there. It's scary. Um, some were saying, please write about it so that we can read and, and understand more because we haven't read enough. Yeah. And I mean, also I, I buy books a lot. So some were like, please show us what, what books did you buy? And it was interesting because when I went to the bookstore, uh, I, there's a lot of Polish, uh, books more than English. So when they showed me the English books, it was books, all of them, I'd read them. I owned them. So I was very stressed because I really wanted to buy a book. And eventually this lady said, actually, we have a book of pictures. Um, that we can show you. So they showed me and luckily it's a book that I didn't know exists. So that is the book that I bought. And I mean, it's, it's perfect. It shows you today and it shows you in 1943 and it puts things in perspective. Well, Zimasa, thank you so much for joining me and sharing your experience in, in Auschwitz. I, I did follow your tweets. I was absolutely drawn in. I was kind of a, you can't say enjoying because that's not the word uh, to use, yeah. but um, yeah. interested in, in what you were writing and your experiences. And should you write something, certainly I think I'd be very excited to read it. I think you sort of like given me a bit of confidence that maybe I can, I can write something that is, you know, good enough to explain my experience there. So maybe, yeah, maybe I should just sit down and, and, and bang it out and uh, publish. <laughs> Looking forward to reading it, Zimasa. That was Zimasa Matiwana, who is a journalist at the Sunday Times, and she's been recounting her experiences in Auschwitz.